guys, we are back from the bye and getting you all called up and recapped on the season thus far. Fourth and one, Cam Newton sneaked to the right, can't pick it up, reviewed, no good, rain, now. And then we are previewing the big game coming up in the Bay Area with the leader of the NFC. It just seems like there's some positive momentum here for Carolina going into what we all will admit is the toughest game they've got so far. But it does seem like they're well positioned for it. We have all of that and much more on this week's The Group Chat. You've been added to the group chat with your friends Caroline Can, Max Henson, and Will Bryan. All right, groupies, we are back from our relaxing, exciting, fill in the blank. What would, what, how would you describe your bye week, boys? Relaxing is a good word. I would use that word. Will, is yours relaxing? Yours was a little more strenuous. Yeah, my, mine Hiking. was a little more energetic. I, you know, Ooh. I had to um, to work off some of those London pounds. But hey, hey, anybody, 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 anybody? I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Oh, gosh. Mine was relaxing um, a, a bit, a bit full of activities. So I'm, yeah. I'm a little under the weather, if you can't tell. I feel like this happens every single year when we slow down. You know, we're mm-hmm. go, 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 go. And then I took two days of just laying around and my body was like, cool. Yeah. Let's get sick. So I'm a little. <laughs> let's get sick. Let's get sick. So I'm a little bit under the weather, but that's okay. That's why I sound a little nasally out there um, for all of you who are listening. But we're back, and it's crazy that we are to the halfway point in the season. It always flies by. If we count the preseason and all of that, we are past halfway. Yeah. But we are to the halfway point of the regular season, heading out to San Francisco. The undefeated team in the NFL. One of them. Anyways, someone's got to beat them. I say, why not the Panthers? But before we get there, we're going to do a little recap to just get everyone up to speed. Because we took this week off. Monday was the most Monday of Mondays as we got back into the rhythm of this whole season thing. This, this so, feels like a Monday too, doesn't it? it yeah, this whole week is just uh, maybe by Thursday. There's a lot of Mondays this week. Yeah, and the it's raining. raining. Yeah, the rain. You know, we taped this on Tuesday, and if you're in the Charlotte area, it's just gross outside today. So we are going to do a recap though to get us up to speed to where we are currently in the season. So we we're going to do our best, maybe dramatic readings. I believe Will has some dramatics for us. I'm, I'm going to try. This is this is going to be fun. I believe you, I believe is. in you for this. So the way that we split this up was we each took two games, and Will, just being Will, he took the 0-2 start. We we were going to draw straws for this, but Will more or less volunteered. No, yeah, it, it's uh, I got the ones that built character. Yeah, it's <laughs> a <laughs> so one way of putting it. Yeah. I that like is, that, that is. spin. You, you nice. can't you can't go four and two without starting zero oh and two. You can't have a four game winning streak and be the comeback kids. You're right. Without starting zero oh and two. You're you're so right. So without further ado, this is the season in sixty seconds or so because we didn't really time this out. So Will, you're up. On the banks of the Catawba River in the Queen City, it was a hot day in Charlotte with the defending NFC champion Rams. Coming to town. Wow. 
That was quite an intro. We're already you 20 like, seconds. You like that? You like that? Okay. <laughs> got like 30 seconds left. <laughs> Panthers get the ball opening drive. Fumble! DJ Moore. Slide. Joey Sly missed a long field goal. Rams score. Go up 3-0. Questionable lateral. Was it a forward pass? I don't know. Rams get the ball back. Score. Now it's 13-3. Rams lead at half. Finally cut it to 16-10 on a direct snap to Christian McCaffrey in the third quarter, but the Rams went 75 yards, 13 plays for a touchdown to go back up 23-13. Going to the fourth block, but Jermaine Carter, Christian McCaffrey lunges for the touchdown. And then interception, but Cam Newton can't hit Curtis Samuel on third down. Rams get it back. Panthers cut it to three, but it is too little too late, and the onside kick goes back to the Rams. 30-27, Rams win. Panthers 0-1. Wow. That was better than I was expecting. I'm sorry that I set a bar did, that was not. It did remind easy. me of Boom Goes to Dynamite. A Boom Goes bit. to Dynamite. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, uh, Eddie throws it, throws it to the other guy. Guy gets touched. To Boom Goes to Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's 0-1 for the Panthers. Take it away. Four days later. <laughs> Thursday night football in the Queen City. The Buccaneers in town. I think Will should do all the recaps. <laughs> Fourth and one, Cam Newton sneak to the right, can't pick it up. Reviewed, no good. Rain now. <laughs> Trade field goals, lots of punts. Right before the half, a long throw to Mike Evans, setting up a Chris Godwin touchdown. Bucks go up at halftime. 54 yards, sly field goal right before the half, cuts it to 10 9, but the Panthers still trailing. Panthers don't do well when they trail at half, period. We know that. Fourth slide field goal gives Panthers a 12-10 lead, but a 75-yard Tampa Bay touchdown drive gives the Bucks the ball and the lead back. A punt pins the Bucks deep in, the, uh, in their own territory. Luke Keekley slides in for the safety. Cut it to three. But the Panthers can't hit Chris Curtis Samuel on third down yet again. I love how you're like looking at me as you're doing this. Too. Like you're like, like turning to me. It's like... Panthers Great. get the ball back, down six with just two minutes, 30 seconds left. Cam Newton completes five passes to get into the red zone, down to the two-yard line. Fourth and one, Cam rolls to the right, moves to the right, stands there. Christian McCaffrey gets the ball all the way to the left, can't get it in. Mm. Panthers lose. Mm. Uh, ouch. It was bad. Ouch. Yeah. I, think, I think I'm going to have to reconsider how I do all the point after podcast. I think it just needs to be Will reading it. <laughs> My favorite part of that was will you take me back to something something rain? Rain. When the rain when the rain came. When the rain came. I love how you did that. The rain, the rain came. Yep. Rain. And rain. Fourth one. Panthers can't get it. Rain. I think he said rain now. Rain. Rain now. Rain now. Rain now. All right. Well, mine's surely not gonna be as good, but I get to start the winning streak. So like a knight in shining armor, Kyle Allen started his homecoming parade in Arizona where he said backup quarterbacks run the world. Except for that opening drive fumble, uh, but we forgot about that because then he went on to make all the plays that we had been waiting for. He finds Kirko for a touchdown, then a deep ball to DJ Moore, and then Old Faithful with Greg Olson. And it was so nice he wanted to do it twice, but really it should have been three times, but we forget about that too because he put the cherry on top of the game with another Greg Olson passing touchdown in the Panthers. Leave Arizona with their first win. Mm. That was a lot of a lot of phrases there. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really I'm cool. I'm hip. <laughs> like pop culture. Cherry, cherry on top. <laughs> cherry on top. Of- homecoming. If uh which is Beyonce, so then backup quarterback for the world. Oh yeah. Get with me here. Get with wow. me. Okay. I'm, I'm slow. So they're one and two. 
Then Allen and the Panthers uh, two-step their way over to Texas, where the defending AFC South champions, uh, they get they get an ice-cold bottle of Christian McCaffrey and a shifty Cam Newton-like Kyle Allen, except for those fumbles again, but we don't, we're, we're done talking about those. Because Allen evades the bull rush from J.J. Watt. Do y'all remember that? Of course. Yep. I mean, come on, come on. All right, and then you know what else uh, this team had? A pass rush. The world met the Sack Street Boys, and their dominating reign of terror began. Through four weeks of football, the Panthers were tied for first with 18 sacks, and that was just the beginning. We know that. So, the team left Texas with the team back at 500. The sky that we thought was falling after that Tampa Bay game, uh, it's being held up. And the team, they're coming home. So where are we? We're two and two now. We're two and two. Two and two. And we're coming into Minshew Mania, Hall of Honor Week in Charlotte. Home game. Home mm-hmm. game. Panthers looking for that first home victory. And Chris McCaffrey got things started with the five-yard touchdown run, but DJ Chark, who proved to be pretty much uncoverable throughout this game, was battling back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You knew early on this was going to be a hotly contested one. Two good teams going at it. McCaffrey and Chark back and forth with touchdowns. Then Brian Burns with Carolina's first defensive touchdown on the year. The scoop and score. Thanks to Mario Addison. Completely rumbling, overpowering. Rumbling, Andrew Norwell. <laughs> yes, the rumbling, stumbling, mumbling. Um, I'm mumbling right now, too. Which is good <laughs> um, it's all an effect. It's an effect. Then, and how, how could you not mention this? 285 yards total on the ground for Carolina's offensive line. Highlighted by Christian's 84-yard touchdown run. And not to be outdone, Reggie Bonifant coming in with Christian suffering from some cramps. Gets a 59-yard touchdown run of his own. But we would be remiss if we did not mention the halftime performance from the one and only Agent 89, Steve Smith. Coincidence that Carolina came out to start the second half on fire? I think not. That speech where he rips off the jacket, the jersey underneath from his Super Bowl season, wearing 89 was a moment that I believe Will Bryan maybe had some tears in his eyes. Max did too. No, I didn't. This is <laughs> no, Will cried for Jake yet. DeLome. You cried for it. For Will. <laughs> I cried for Will. Everyone cried. cried. Everyone Don't cried. cry for me, Argentina. Yes. Everyone cried for Will, but you cried for Agent 89. Will cried for Jake, for sure. Yes. So, Panthers get their first home win of the year. Then it's back on the road, this time across the pond to London. London was calling, and the Panthers answered. You knew right off the bat this was going to be a good day for Carolina. Jameis Winston throws an interception to James Bradbury on the first play of the game. This was the Jameis Panther fans wanted to see, the one who doesn't protect the football. And it was a long day for the Buccaneers. Seven turnovers, Carolina taking the ball away seven times in addition to how many sacks, Will? Seven sacks. Seven sacks. Uh, it was a bit of mayhem uh, all across the board for the Buccaneers, and the Panthers kind of had their had their way. This was not a game they needed to lean on Christian McCaffrey, did, though he did have that one spectacular stiff arm spin made Vernon Hargraves take a seat on the turf. But this was a day that had Curtis Samuel, Greg Olson, DJ Moore all involved with the defense, of course, doing what they did to have Carolina head home with a well-deserved victory in London. Here we are. It is now the 49ers week. Kyle Allen, still your starting quarterback. The Sack Street Boys, we don't even call it like the Sack Street Boys are better than we thought they would be. So I don't even are we calling them the Sack Street Boys still? Is that still you, a you thing? think they're better than like you think that wasn't a good yeah that, nickname that's not for them? I mean do you think yeah. that they are who we thought they were? Did we let them off the hook? Denny Green coming into the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're better who they're better they're better than we thought they were. I think right. I mean this they're on pace for an NFL record for sacks in a single season. Yep. I mean this is a tough pace to keep up. But I man, love that they're so are. confident in it too. Like when yeah. asked about it, they're like, yeah, we can get that. Yep. And you believe them. 
and without <laughs> and without KK, which yeah. is still amazing no. to me. I mean, I I did not see that this. I, I thought the KK injury was going to be a really tough one to overcome, but man, Vernon Butler had one and a half sacks was his career high for an, for an entire season. He had two strip sacks in two plays. It was fantastic. It was crazy. Like those are the moments that everyone, whether it's been in like little league soccer or whatever, you have dreamt about like a redemption play like that. Yeah. Like, all right. Oh, I can't believe they called that on me. Like, all right, I'm going to get it this time. And you don't. But Vernon did. There's an incredible picture from the opposite end zone from one of our great photographers of the in the back. The background is the Panthers like on the ball. And it's just Vernon on his knees. Just yeah. Doing this. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a cool picture. Such a cool moment. So here we are. This 49ers team. I don't know about you guys. I wasn't really paying attention to them at the beginning of the season. Like, I, I knew, like, okay, that's after the bye, and I kind of split this season up into before the bye. It's like BC and, you know, yeah. after death. That's how we are. So this was like pre-bye. Didn't really think about him. But then all of a sudden, here they are, undefeated. They just had a slip and slide game. Like, mm-hmm. their confidence is through the roof. And the Panthers have to travel to San Francisco. This is a really big game. It's not. It's one of those like out of division games that you really think, as far as like, ooh, like this is a really big statement yeah. game. If Kyle Allen and that offense can go in there and and have a good day, like that, I, yeah, come on. This is, I think, the consensus best defense in the NFL. Yeah, um, they're giving up like just over ten points a game, which is ridiculous. Uh, getting after the passer, not quite as well as Carolina is. As we know, Carolina is just on absolute terror. But between Bosa and Armstead and D. Ford, I mean, those guys are, are completely wreaking havoc. And, and in terms of their actual yards allowed, I mean, that's part of the problem with yeah. a little bit with the Panthers right now. They're getting the sacks, but they're still giving up right. mm-hmm. some pass yards. Niners defense has just been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you I don't, give the quarterback time back there, if he has time, that's where the plays are being given up. But there's not right, a lot of right, time. Right, right. So the 49ers defense has been rock solid. I don't know what to make of their offense yet. Garoppolo has not been great, but of course, if you're a quarterback of an undefeated football team, you're doing something right. They clearly have enough. George Kittle is one of the better tight ends in the league. They've got a good offensive line and a running game that's been something that they can lean on. Bottom line is they're really good. I mean, anytime you're going to face an undefeated team, I think, okay, clearly they're, they've got something figured out. As you mentioned, Caroline, they're a confident bunch, which I think is only making them better right now. When you've got a team that sort of feels like they're going to go out there and win every game, you kind of see that. This feels a lot to me like 2013, and Will, I know we were talking about mm-hmm. this in the office before. Carolina went out to San Francisco back when the Niners, this was like the Kaepernick, uh, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, uh, days at Harbaugh, where like the Niners were the class of the NFC. And the Panthers went out there, and no one was really quite sure if the Panthers were for real. They had had some good vi- wins. People were still kind of on the fence one way or the other, though. They hadn't really gone and beat somebody where it was like, okay, now we're taking them seriously. This sort of feels like the same opportunity for Carolina, right? I mean, Kyle Allen keeps winning, but everyone still kind of has in the back of their mind these doubts about, like, well, you know, look at the level of competition. We haven't seen again this or that, whatever. But everyone's going to make excuses for Kyle's performance right now. This is a game. You go out and you beat... This Niners team, who, as we said, has this dominant defense, I don't know what else you can say other than that Kyle Allen and this Panthers team is for real. I, th- I think that this is, as you, as you mentioned, a, a, a statement opportunity for this team. It absolutely is, and I think it's like one of those where they're not expected to win. No one is going to pick the Panthers in any pick 'em 
you know, yeah. for this week. Nope. So if you can go out there and make a statement like this, and if you just look at the NFC in general, the way that it's shaking out, the NFC South, the way that it's shaking out, like this is a game that really puts the Saints on notice because what they've been able to do with no Drew Brees right now has really, you know, I mean, they are taking the NFC South right now the way that it's it's playing out. But you go out and beat the front runner in the NFC, Saints are going to start paying attention way more yeah. than they are right now to the Panthers because they're in the same boat. I mean, you have two backup quarterbacks in the NFC South that are leading the NFC South, but you send one out to go beat the 49ers who are on top of the entire NFC right now. Like, if I was the Saints, I'd be like, huh. Yeah. Well, and, and you you have to keep pace. Yep. I mean, you 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 have a game at, at San Francisco, at Green Bay. You still have to play at New Orleans, at Indianapolis – you know who's pretty good right now. I mean, that's and you're still a game behind New Orleans. Not an easy and schedule. They don't have Drew Brees and they've won five yep. in a row. Yeah. I mean, they they are tearing teams up. I mean, you've got to keep pace with them, and yeah. you've got to keep pace with these wild card teams in the NFC. Well, this yeah. is where you get excited for the fact that the Panthers have a defense mm-hmm. and the way that they're playing right now. Because you're right, San Francisco's offense hasn't been you know, hands down phenomenal, but their defense is holding teams to average 10 points. Like, that's why they're winning. So you put that then where, you know, heck, have the Panthers defense keep having the games that they're having, keep them on pace. I think this offense is allowed to, you know, not be perfect. Yeah, and, and, you know, I should have pointed out that 2013 game ended with a 10-9 Carolina victory. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another low-scoring affair in San Francisco this time around. you got two heavyweight-style defenses going at it. As Carolina's got to clean up some of the big plays, as you mentioned, and San Francisco's a little bit been a little more consistent across the board at really just clamping down on teams. Um, but I would fully anticipate this to be one of those defensive slugfests, and I think Carolina's built to handle that. Kyle Allen has not thrown an interception yet this season. And we kind of joked about the fumbles a little bit, yeah, knock on wood. We're all but, knocking on the table. But he's done a really good job protecting the football. I think this is going to be one of those games where it's going to be who protects the football better, yep. who wins the field position battle, who's able to just get a couple scoring drives out of this. Because we know these defenses are going to come to play, and and the, these these defenses make big plays. I mean, yep. that's what we've seen the last couple of weeks from Carolina. Is not only are they they're stopping people, they're turning things into right. points. Which points offense? Off turnovers. Which offense can avoid catastrophe? Right. Is I think almost what this is going to come down to because these defenses are capable of creating that. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So, right, let's let's go insider or what do you have? Well, yeah. So while we're talking about San Francisco's offense, I looked this up. They're second in rushing in the NFL. They're one of two teams that have three running backs over 200 yards. Wow. Can we name their three running backs? Well, obviously, the first one is one that most people probably still don't know, right? Breda? Right. Who is just kind of this no-name running back who's done great for them. I know there's a former Falcon who's in their backfield. Tevin, Tevin Coleman. Coleman. The third one is the one that I would Raheem Mostert. With. I couldn't give him that. Uh, right. Yes, Raheem. <laughs> right. But, I mean, but so <laughs> Matt, the Matt, dream. Yeah, Matt, Matt Breda went into the concussion protocol at Washington, so we'll be checking on I him I think he, he, did, he did kind of come back out and say, right. was, I think he got like poked in the eye. Right. So it, was like, it wasn't actually a concussion. So I expect to see him. Yeah. And obviously with Panthers know Tevin Coleman quite well. He's given them some trouble over the years with Atlanta. Yeah. So yeah, this this run game, right? And 172 yards a game. And if we're going to take another look at Carolina's defense, one area that they haven't been at their best so far has been the run defense. Yep. They've been exposed at times throughout the year, giving up some chunk plays on the ground. So uh, that has got to be shorn up in, in a situation like this against a Niners team that is what you would describe as a physical football team. Great defense. They want to run the football. So that's one thing to watch there. I mean, that that's a, a great matchup there to, to keep an eye on. But let's go insider for a minute. What is one thing that you're looking forward to or that you're keeping an eye on this week 
as we get closer and closer to the game. Whether it's a player, a matchup, yeah. or anything coming off the bye. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to start with Christian because again, Tampa Bay, I thought did like did a really good job against him in the run game. He had what one point four yards per carry in London. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure I have that right. Yeah, twenty two carries, thirty one yards. And again, as I mentioned in our sixty second recap, he had that one incredible play. But the Buccaneers have kind of put out a bit of a blueprint for shutting down McCaffrey or limiting him. Uh, and I just wonder if the Niners are going to employ the similar tactic and if they'll be successful doing that. And if that's the case, the Buccaneers' defense is dead last in, in pass defense, right? So they were given something up. The Niners, if they can shut down McCaffrey, I wonder how Kyle can then handle that. If they're going to put it on Kyle Allen to beat them, how will Kyle rise to that challenge on the road against a San Francisco team that, as we've said, has been pinning their ears back and getting after quarterbacks all season. Well, so. and, and we said that after week two as well, that the Bucks shut McCaffrey down then, yep. and it was kind of like, oh, no, now the blueprint's out there. And in the next four weeks, what did he do? Yeah. You know, so I, I think certainly, you know, a good defense can use that blueprint, but they've got to execute. Yeah. I mean, you still have to have players execute zone defense. When you do a zone run, they've mm-hmm. got to fill their gaps. Yeah. Like, they've got to do the right thing. Yeah, and I'm curious to see how Carolina handles coming off the bye, too, right? I mean, you know, I feel like this is a pretty good time to get the Niners if they take advantage of this off week. I mean, look at San Francisco's last game, right? That mud bowl they played in. Mm -hmm. As Yeah, of course they're happy to come out of that with a victory, but that wasn't exactly a clean football performance. It was anything but, right? No one knows what to make of that. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, so you're coming out of that game if you're the Niners, like kind of off rhythm because the offense— for either team in that game, they were playing in Washington, could not do anything. They essentially, both teams were handing the ball off every other play, more so than that after some bad interceptions were thrown. So it's like, I feel like the Niners are sort of thrown off track a little bit, just because of what that game was like. I like this storyline. Right? So now you, like got, you got a rested Panther, <laughs> Panthers team that's rolling with four wins in a row. They're used to traveling long distances, mm-hmm. just coming from this London road trip. Now it's another long road trip here against the Niners. We saw they had success with a two-day trip out to Arizona earlier in the year. So if Carolina can get some guys back, we're looking at Trey Turner, yep. looking at Greg Little, we're looking at Dante Jackson. What a nice boost it would be to get some of these guys back in the lineup. It just seems like there's some positive momentum here for Carolina going into what we all will admit is the toughest game they've got so far, but it does seem like they're well-positioned for it. Uh, in Ron Rivera's first four years as Carolina's coach, Carolina went 0-4 after the bye week. Yeah, he did not in, like answering those questions. In the last four years, they're 4-0. There you oh, go. After the bye week. It's turned. It's turned. Oh, how the turntables have turned. <laughs> um, another thing that I'm watching, this offensive line, because like you mentioned, you could get some guys back. Yep. But this offensive line has been working. And so I, I, I always get interested when it's not so much like the big names on the offensive line. It's not... It's not the guys that, you know, are going to sell the posters and, you know, get everyone excited about coming to the game. It's just about the five guys that work best together. And I think the great thing about this offensive line is there's going to be depth when you get those guys back. But then who's your starting five? I think there's a real question mark around who is your starting five. I think Trey Turner, he's the leader. You plug him back in. But then you have really three guys that can fight for that fifth position that have played, that have traded in and out. And that it's worked. So I'm very curious to see, you know, once Trey Turner is back and he's plugged back in there, how does the line shake out? 
Because it's a huge question. Because huge. It, it's it's something that you know I always pull from. You always pull from your past, and my past is with Indy when they were trying to find their offensive line in twenty you know seventeen. They finally found it in 2018, but it was after the first five weeks of the season when it was the plug and play. They they were trading people in and out, and they end up with a rookie left uh, right tackle, and and he was drafted as a guard. Yeah. And then you put him out there, and it was just those were the five that worked best together. Yeah. It wasn't that that was the plan, but because of injuries, they had to slide guys around. And then they were like, these five work. Yeah. The rest of you that were supposed to be starters, you're now backups because these guys work. Mm-hmm. So I'm so interested to see that once they start getting some of these healthy guys back and you're you're plugging them in, they've been really successful. The bar is set very high. I'm interested to see who ends up yeah. being, you know, in week 10, who's the starting five. Yeah, and in my experience, the best offensive lines have been the ones that have adopted that approach yep. where it's just been like, we need the five best guys out there. And whatever it's going to take, whoever has to move around to make that possible, that's what we're going to do. This is a great problem to have. Oh, yeah. But it is an interesting problem, right? I mean, with Trey Turner comes back into the lineup, where does Darrell Williams fit in? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Greg Little was drafted to be the left tackle of the future. They, they'd like him at left tackle. Dennis Daly was pro football focus's highest graded offensive tackle in the league last time Carolina played. Um, Dennis has position flexibility, though. He can play guard. Yep. Um, so I, I don't know right now, sitting here, what they'll, what they'll do. But this is the type of situation you want to be in if you're a team, right? You want to have this sort of depth to where it's like, man, somebody's going to be the odd man out just because we have too many good options. And that has not been the case in Carolina for a while. The offensive line has been an area that they've tried to address depth-wise for years. And now they're in a position, thanks to Marty Herney making some shrewd choices in the draft, with Greg Little and Dennis Daly have proven that they can handle themselves. Uh, So, yeah, when this offensive line's at full strength, Unfortunately, there's only room for five. Yep. And, and it, we'll see how that shakes out. It's great out. about this team that they're not like the outliers of like, oh, well, this isn't how you build a roster, but it seems to be working. Like you hear every single year at the combine and at the draft, you have to, you know, start in the trenches. Your lines have to be, you know, the best. That's where you're going to put your focus. That's what this team has done. The offensive and defensive lines are very, very good. This is not a yeah. fluke that they've had this, you know, success in these last four games. They're starting to figure it out because. A lot of those, you know, lines of working together is continuity. It took them a little bit to get into that, but these past four games, um, they've certainly shown what they are capable of. So it's a big, big week heading out to San Francisco. The team will leave on Friday. Free day on Saturday. Whoop, whoop. What are you going to do, Max? San Fran is a fun city. Foodie. Yeah, there's going to be some foodie spots I'm going to hit for sure. For me, it's a bit of a family reunion opportunity. My sister lives in San Francisco. My brother is not far. He's in Tahoe now, so it's going to be uh, the Henson siblings getting together for some fun out by the bay, so that'll be pretty cool. Ooh, that is a lot of fun. Well, guys, we appreciate you joining us on this week of the group chat. We will talk to you all next week when hopefully we're talking about a big upset out in the Bay Area. Bye, guys.